It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I hope I don't disappoint you. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tolerance, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here, checking out the uh, the episode. Please, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. I do three brand new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with, and please do, if you're already subscribed or you're just becoming a subscriber, uh, leave a rating and a review. There's no better way to help this podcast out than doing those two very simple things right there. Uh, hit the rating wherever you're listening from, and if you can, leave a review of the series as well, and I so appreciate it. And I'll give you lots of reasons to keep coming back to some of our recent guests include uh, Mikal Hausman from uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. We talked to Gracie Abrams about her Grammy-nominated year. Uh, Nusha Noor uh, stopped by to talk about the Persian version. Uh, Nathan Stewart Jarrett and Neva Algar were here to discuss culprits on Hulu. Vince Clark of Erasure and Depeche Mode has a new solo album. Julia Michaels soundtrack to the new Disney Wish animated film. Omar J. Dorsey was here to uh, discuss uh, um, bookies on Max. We also talked with Stacey Kent and Roseanne Cash and Kate Siegel and Shelly Hennig. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I am so excited to be talking with David Allen Greer. He has a lot going on. The man always has a lot going on, right? Uh, this time, we get to talk about uh, being in the latest film version of The Color Purple, uh, as well as working alongside Eddie Murphy for the first time in 30 years in the recently released Candy Cane Lane. David's going to tell us how early on he based uh, the rhythm of his career off of what he saw Michael Keaton doing in the 80s, uh, what it was like getting to play Santa Claus in Candy Cane Lane, out now on Prime Video, 
And the uncomfortable clock costume he wore in the live on stage version of uh, Beauty and the Beast. David's also going to dig into his role in The Color Purple, a story he says he auditioned twice for in the past uh, for the original film as well as the uh, Broadway version. Uh, we'll discuss him portraying Shug's dad, the uh, Reverend uh, Samuel Avery, and what it's like to record music before actually acting in a role. This new version of The Color Purple is uh, a musical version of it. It's based on both the film, well, based on the book, the film, and the Broadway version, sort of all at the same time. Uh, we'll also get to hear about joining the cast of a soldier's play for the third time in his career and his next movie as well. All that and more as we discuss The Color Purple. It's Kyle Meredith with David Allen Greer. How you doing, man? Depressing. This one's not a new one. <laughs> this is an old-time favorite. Kind of like an antique. Vintage, if you will. I believe that we call them accidental backhanded compliments is what that is. <laughs> Fossilized. <laughs> Dead yet still breathing. Uh-huh. Please welcome. I wanted to make sure that right off the bat, uh, after having met you, I just put my foot in my mouth. Now I'm just giving you a hard time. It's no big deal. I do like, yeah, I do like listening to awkward interviews, you know, misread credits and, you know, tell me about Funny Girl. I was never in Funny Girl. Oh, okay. Have you, I would love to see someone just roll with it, though, like try to answer the questions of if they were there. I did. I mean, probably the most awkward moment is years ago, I was being interviewed with Kim Wayans and this... A woman goes, you know, one of the things I love about you, David, is you've never uh, rested on your laurels. And I said, thank you. You know, I mean, you've never let your family name get you a job. And I was like, excuse me? She said, we all know you're a Wans, but you changed your name. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not a Wans. And Kim was laughing and she said, see, this is what I'm talking about. You're so humble. Kim goes, no, he's not a Wans. And she said, that's what I love about you. She just, she just doubled down on it, really. Yeah. <laughs> but she won because finally I just went, okay, I'm a, I'm wins. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it was just you have to choose your battles. I, I I will take a little part of that at least on the resting on your laurels part, not with the weigh-ins thing. But you're in a busy season, and maybe you always are. You've got an incredible resume, tons of classics in there. But even just looking at, you know. You have the color purple that's coming out Christmas Day. We also just saw you in Candy Cane Lane. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're actually in both of those because I'm pretty sure I, I am. You. No, I am. I'm nodding because if I start going, what? wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. Anyone who has a career, especially in entertainment, you know, musician, acting, whatever, there's, all, there's usually peaks and valleys. Yeah. I don't find as many valleys with you. And maybe that's perception. No, I mean, I've always worked from the time I started. I started working in 1981. And I remember talking to actors back then, older actors, you know, they were like, oh, well, because I started, you know, I was on this Broadway show. I did a few films back then. And they were like, well, you know, there will be a valley coming and you'll see you can get through it. And I was like, I never have not worked. And they chuckled. and was like, oh, the exuberance of you, the folly. But uh, knock on wood, this strike is the longest period in over 40 years where I've gone without work. And that's because we couldn't work. Um, No, but I feel great. I feel blessed and awesome. I finally know what I'm doing. 
You know what I mean? And uh, I'm ready. I, and I also, I'm 67, and I just didn't think I would be working like this at this point in my life. I thought, I think I was more on the Chrysler employee 65 you retire mode, you know? But uh, so it's just kind of, a confluence of events and opportunities. All this stuff is coming and it feels like I'm really on a roll and I'm ready. I'm ready for it. My box is packed. When, when, when you look at that though, and seeing just the breadth of what you've been able to play throughout your career, you know, from very serious roles, from historical roles to Antoine Merriweather and everything that happens. I mean, like, it's, it's like, is there a method to that madness? Has there, was there a point when you were able to? Well, method in terms of, you know, when I was much younger, I remember there was a season in which Michael Keaton did scare, what was it called? Clean and Sober, I think, was just a harrowing drama about a recovering addict the same year he did Beetlejuice. Yeah. So that was always my goal. I said, that, that, that is, and he was amazing in both. Or there was one time when Tim Curry had like a top 10 new age album. He was in Rocky Horror and he'd done something else, something like that. I just want to be all over the place because I knew I could do it, but it's kind of like you have to re-educate or remind the establishment and even the public. Um, that was before um, social media. And I still get people go, oh, I didn't know you sang. Um, I didn't know you do drama. I didn't know you went to drama school. You know, they kind of just see what's in front of them, you know? So, um, but I'm cool with it. You know, when I was younger, I was like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I played cello in fifth grade. I but came now Yale. Exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, But you know, you know. Now I'm I'm cool, man. All they got to do is Google it. You know, just look me up, man. It's right there. Haven't been hiding. And we'll be right back. Right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies. Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. 
with all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with David Allen Greer. Well, it's happening right now. Again, color purple, but then, you know, and, and Candy Cane Lane at the same time, which I, so Candy Cane Lane, very fun movie, family movie, right? And, and what a set to be a part of, you know, uh, yeah. huge cast, you know, Eddie's there, Ken Marino's there, I mean, just and, and on and on and on, which I would love to even know what those off camera moments might be like. Well, it was really funny because it's been like 30 years. Um, I've probably kept in closest touch with Reggie, always checking in and um, um, just checking up on each other periodically. I hadn't really seen Eddie. I guess I'd seen him once or twice, but walking onto the set, it's like we picked up where we left off. Um, he's real happy. We're all a little older. Uh, we all have families, kids, wives, ex-wives. That's kind of what we were talking about. Kids, family. You know, we used to be, oh, you know, clothes, party, club, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, we've earned it, I feel like, right? I mean, yeah, we've earned it. So it was really fun. It's always fun to work with artists who are great and also energized to be there. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than working with someone. Oh, I can't wait. I've dreamed of working with this person. And you get on set and they're like an ogre. And you're like, well, okay. No, it was really smooth. It was cool, man. What's the appeal of playing a holiday movie? Because again, I think if you're in the business long enough, everybody ends up doing one. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm gonna say cautiously, that this is my first official holiday movie. I say cautiously because people have, you know, is Die Hard sure, a Christmas right. movie? Right. Is it? You know, that kind of stuff. But I never played one. And Reggie said immediately, look, you know, we want you to play Santa Claus. I was like, finally, my pandemic beard paid off. <laughs> um, first of all, second of all, they made me wear a beard because it wasn't white and bushy enough, which was, you know, I was appalled. I uh, come on, that's cool. But then he said, but we're not going to advertise it because we want it to be a surprise. And that's always trepidation because, you know, I've done a lot of Broadway and I've been in that situation where, and David, when you walk on stage, we're going to pause because the ovation, cut to performance. Ba, 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 da, ba. 
<laughs> and here I am. You know, they're like, it's a matinee performance. Yeah, Saturday night, it's going to be great. So when the movie came out, I was like, damn, man, they didn't put me in any of the ads because I forgot that they said it was a surprise. And then I was surprised by, by it. So. I mean, the same thing. I, I was told you were in it. I go to watch it. And it's about a little halfway through, quarters of the way through. I was like, wait a second. You start trying to put it together. It's like, putting it two together. David's an elf. No? Okay. It's going to be Santa. <laughs> and what a fine Santa that you did play. Hey, <laughs> man, thank you. I put the costume on. I was like, damn. That coat, they made the Santa's coat. It went all the way down to my mid-calf. It wasn't functional in that it didn't have side pockets, but that is one item I definitely would have been like, put it in my car, you know, because it was so beautiful. And all of it was really awesome, man. You know. I was looking at a picture earlier. I, I, I think it's from the Beauty and the Beast and the clock costume that you're wearing on that one. Which doesn't look like it would be as comfortable as what you're talking about with the Santa costume. It was not, but we were all in it together. I mean, it's different if I were the clock and everybody else was, quote, normal. But we were all. Shania Twain was a big teacup, everybody. <laughs> so Martin Short was Martin Short, of course. Um, that was fun in a different way because we were all so bizarre. They should have just done footage of us trying to negotiate sitting down in between breaks. Gotta go that, to the bathroom. That's not gonna Yeah, happen. that took that took some work, but it was um that was fun in a different way. You know, I adore Martin Short. So anytime he's in something, I'd be like, I'm kind of stocky, mm -hmm. but I think he tolerates me. If if that's suffering for the art, that's some pretty good suffering right there. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but it was, I think, the sound man. All Martin and I did is do industry gossip the entire time. And Martin told me, like, toward the end, the sound guy goes, hey, you know, maybe next time you guys might want to, I don't know, turn your mics off or wait till you're out of costume. Shut up. <laughs> Intimate sexual details of uh, famous people. You know, we were like, oops. But that's one of those things where everything's sewn in. You can't just let me take, not in that situation. I was a teacup. <laughs> the B-roll. Oh, no, I was a clock, rather. Clock, sorry. you were the clock. You were, yeah, right. Let me remind you. <laughs> On to more serious matters. Um, no, but the color purple. What an event this is. And somehow I, like, I've got friends, really close friends, who love the Broadway version of it. And it had escaped me that there was a Broadway version of it. So when I heard that not only are they uh, updating the movie, but it's going to be a musical. And my first thought was the first scene from the 85 movie going incestual rape. Let's sing about it. And here he comes again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was probably one of the motivating factors to want to be in it. That and also, you know, once I found out that Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey were involved, um, then that was kind of like a blessing because you don't know how it's going to be. I'd never heard of Blitz, the director. But first of all, I called my team and I was like, just get me in this movie. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to ask for a house and a jet. And I was like, no, just don't just I'll do anything. I really want to be a part of this because I auditioned for the original movie, the 1985 movie. I, I auditioned for Harpo and I was like, I am born to play this. 
I did not get a call back. And I was like devastated because, you know, at that age, I was what, 25, 26. I just felt like there's never going to be a role like this. You know, I'd read the novel years ago uh, before that. Um, there's never going to be a movie like this ever and just devastated. But then here we go. And I just forgot when it became a musical, I remember flying myself to New York to read for Mr. and sing. Stephen Bray and I knew, have known each other. He's a musical, uh, one of the composers, musical guy on the show. Um, we, we've known each other since high school in Detroit. And um, I fly in. Again, thank you so much, David. Thank you. Then the dreaded words, good luck. You know, on first dates and job interviews, anytime you hear, good luck, you know, they might as well say, not here, not here. Give you a call. Yeah, yeah maybe somewhere else. So I totally forgot about that. So this is actually my third swing. Nice sticking with it. Yeah, getting to Blitz. They said, well, Blitz, the director, he wants to meet you on Zoom. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And he just made a presentation. He showed me costume renderings. He showed me the choreography that, that he had shot, you know, with the dancers. And they're like, and this is where you come in, David. We want you to do this and this. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm gonna do it. No, no, wait. And then he showed me each scene, how they were plotted out. He showed me the sets. Um, I've never in my whole career had that. I'm usually the one going, you know, just fit me in there. Please, right. So I was bold, yeah, I was bowled over. It was like he was trying to convince me to do this project. And I was like, clearly he knows not my desperation. <laughs> but um, it was just a joy. And I really feel like when I found out they were adding new music, younger composers, the way he uh, put together the cast... I really felt like that's what this needed to bring in um, a new audience, you know, because or, or else the other thing is then you're like doing a live action version of a, I almost said cartoon, which is really like, wow, the N word for animators, really, that is it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, uh, and, and the public is going to get that. Um, that is the longest recorded answer ever, but that's what I felt. You answered the questions I would have asked as follow-up anyway. <laughs> so I am living AI, predicting <laughs> answers. By the way, I am divorced. Go on. <laughs> oh. Didn't even, yeah, that was, uh, oh. thanks for that one. And we'll be right back, right after this. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with David Allen Greer. A lot of us have images of these characters one way or the other, from, from the ones we made up in our head for the books, the movie, the Broadway version, whatever. Like when you've got an image and here you are, you know, as preacher, Shook's dad, like, how do you how do you then play it like is that part like are you trying to bring something completely new do you lean into it like what was that for you i mean all the actor stuff is i always try to uh approach every role from a neutral place not putting too much preconceived i'm gonna do this when you do that and because 
you're not with the other actors until you're with them. So I, I don't want to pre-plan. Um, Taraji, if you could just lean in and go, and that's going to really feed my moment. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Um, I just went with it, man. I went with it. The, the, the main thing about a musical is you got to do all the music first. And you're so you're kind of committing to an emotional through line in your character because you, you're putting it down. That's like pre-recording a dramatic scene and then fitting that in and later acting around and up to what you've pre-recorded. So, and that happened, you know, weeks before I ever got down to Georgia, but um, it was just such a inclusive and easy uh, artistic environment. I mean, they had great hopes. Like I know Steven was going, David, we're going to get you a piano coach. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, you got this. Um, that's that's the high expectations, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, I played cello, that piano. But um, yeah, man. But so uh, they were kind of like, show us what you have and tell you, we're going to tell you what we want and we're going to find a way moving forward and moving in. And they added, they added that whole last scene, our reconciliation. And of course, that's the best thing you want to hear when the producers go, do you mind if we give you more to do? Not at all. Not at all. For, because, because I think maybe you were saying this uh, or, or maybe not, but um, like you've done Broadway, but was this the first time you did musical in film? H had you done that before? No, I've done other films with music. Like I, I sing, and I'm telling you, I'm not going as a 600 pound man. You didn't reference that, um, sir. You didn't. Let me dig back in. Dance flick, the Wayans brothers. Dance flick. No, it was probably the best review I've ever gotten in the New York Times. And again, is that true? <laughs> you gotta go read it. You have to go read it. I was like, yeah, not. Uh, Shakespeare, nothing. No, it's dance flick. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just said, I'll take it. A win's a win. That's really where I'm at in this world right now. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, that's what I was wondering. It's like, but how how different is it? And and I think that's what you were just saying, like having to record it at the beginning and everything. But but it seems like, I, I'm maybe it's apples and oranges and we're just trying to make it apples and apples because you're singing both ways and you know, you're performing. It is, yeah. I mean, I mean that to me as an actor, that's the real challenge. It's something that you have to record earlier. And so you kind of have to put more thought into it. You're by yourself in a studio, go for it, man. This is the big dramatic tune, you know, go for it. Or this is the entrance of your character. But then you have to match it in yeah. some way later. Yeah, I mean, I've only done it like this in both of those flicks, and there have been a couple of others, but those are the big ones. Um, they'll usually play the track live, or you'll have a little earwig, meaning a microphone thing in your ear, louder, um, softer. Um, I usually sing along with myself because that's the only way I can really match the energy if it's technically possible as opposed to just you know mouthing the words pantomime which uh I, I need to kind of at least vocalize a little bit so that I can get the same emotional uh level the same energy and that kind of stuff and with the Broadway side of things 
because you also just came off not too long ago, right? For the third yeah. time? Soldiers play. I right. guess I'm in that point where revisiting, like an old failed relationship. Hey, maybe <laughs> we'll work out this time. <laughs> you know? And? Uh, yeah. that, was, that was crazy, too, because, again, you know, I didn't foresee this happening. 20, 30, 40, that was one of the first roles I ever did. I didn't really think, oh, I'll be back. Out of all the things, I didn't think, oh, I'll be back. I'll do this again uh, two or three more times. I just, you know, I didn't see it. It was a blessing. Uh, also, a different role in each production of the Soldier's Play, Soldier's Story, the movie. So um, it, it's awesome. And also, they've been such a long time. It's a different role. I remember one point, Kenny Leon goes, you know, well, what, what, what did you remember from like Adolf Caesar's performance. And I came in, I took over a role from an actor, Larry Riley. I played CJ Memphis. Well, here's what happened. I went to see the play and I concentrated on my role because Sam Jackson was in this production, Adolf Caesar, Denzel Washington, to name a few. So that's kind of like you're joining a relay team and they're already running the race. You just don't want to drop the baton. So my answer is, I don't really remember a lot of that because when I wasn't on stage, I was preparing for the next scene because literally I was shoved in there from Dreamgirls, by the way, at, at, at that point I was doing Dreamgirls, um, into this production. And I just didn't, I wanted to hit it at their energy level and up to speed. You don't want to drag the production down. So it was really like coming to it fresh and new. And uh, from day one, you know, uh, so. Yeah, what a special thing to be able to do, though, to to, to be able to revisit, you know, something I'll like I'll tell that. you a funny story. Kenny Leon told me, he said he went to Sam Jackson when we were uh, going to do a soldier's play. He said, Sam, tell me about the original production, the NEC Negro Ensemble production. What happened in the beginning of the play? Because Kenny changed all that the way he did it. He said, Sam goes, I don't know, man. They turned the lights out and we started talking. <laughs> the art of acting. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who's heavier than Sam Jackson? Come on. <laughs> You're like, hit your mark. <laughs> exactly, man. But uh, no, man, just that. I, I mean, I remember I was sitting in the my car in a, after coming out of a Trader Joe's in Burbank and musing just to myself, you know, well, if I were going to go back to Broadway, it'd have to be something pretty heavy. And Kenny called and my heart dropped. It just was like, oh God, you know, cause first of all, I was like, I'm gonna have to say no because this, I, this is not gonna be one of those roles. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, soldiers play. And then I just went, oh boy, but it's not gonna be the character. And I said, well, what part do you want me to play? And he said, the Sergeant. And I just knew in that moment, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I have to rearrange my life. And immediately went home and started getting things together, even though I said I have to sleep on it because I always say that just to but you knew. Oh, yeah, you have to. I had to do it. So those are the kind of calls you want. It's really not out of my hands. You know, I don't have to call anyone and go, should I? Would this be right for at this juncture? Will this add to or take away from my legacy? No, I was just like, I have to do this and I don't really care. We're going to make room and go for it. So. That's awesome, though. That really is. 
you know. Yes, indeed, it is. Then you got another 20 years before you have to go back and do it again. So <laughs> I don't know. I'll be the ghost. I'll <laughs> be like, mm, I think I'm, I don't even know if I'm done with these projects because they keep coming back. They keep coming back, man. Well, and and again, to say as we started with all the the stuff that's came your way, I'm also looking at the I, I I heard you say this in one of the interviews, so I'm saying it wrong if I say St. Dennis Medical, right? It's not St. Dennis. Yeah, St. Dennis Medical is a pilot that I did right before the strike that got picked up by NBC. That's going. I have another movie coming out as well. You do. I wasn't going to say it other than saying the American Society of Magic. That were the Magical Negroes. The American Society of Magical Negroes. You can say that. You you saw it. I I I have a blue tick coon hound. And when I ask white people, they go, I go, what what kind of dog is Pickles? He's a blue tick coon hound. And they go, oh, he's a hound. (laughs) I didn't make it up. There's no racial connotation. It's a dog. You can say that. Yeah. 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 But um, uh, yeah, man, a lot. There's a lot going on. Which, by the way, that movie and and for the I, I know we can't there's not much to say yet. And there is a teaser out there. And that teaser. I am so pulled in by just that minute and a half that I can't name another movie that I want to see more next year than than what i've seen right there you know what it reminds me because i'm too i'm getting goosebumps when the first time i saw the trailer you know we work on i worked on it we spent countless hours days weeks on it but then you kind of have to wait to see it and it hit me the same way it's like taking a picture of something or someone and then viewing the picture and realizing how beautiful it was Although you took the picture, you were there at that time of day in that room, but oh my gosh, it it captured everything and more. So um, those are awesome, awesome, cool things too when those happen, man. Well, it looks like a beautiful movie and a cool story. I'm a sucker for magic and I don't know why, you know, it's like I'm a sucker for time travel movies. They don't even have to be good. And I'm like, I'm in it. I'm for it, you know. But... Put it in anything. Put it in yeah. anything. Yeah, but this this one's this one doesn't not look good. This one looks beautiful and looks cool. So really, seriously. Although yeah. filming magic is never magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like Candy Cane Lane was like, all right, Robin Thede's here, David, but but she's really little. Go. And I'm like, okay. Hey, what are you doing? You know, they're they're little toys. Show them the pick the little bitty toys, and they just they, okay. Now now she's big again. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, uh, Jumanji, it was just the director, he would, I would say from one to 10, meaning 10 means you want me to scream so loud my head explodes to one with no reaction. And he would go, okay, well, this is the vine. So they would show me an, a rendering of the vine that's pulling my car. Give me a seven and a half. I said, you got it. <laughs> and we just kept going. But most of it, no, there's no magic. We just have to act. Goodness, movie magic exists because it really. Did, yeah, <laughs> this is going to sound like something that Nicole Kidman would say at the beginning of a of a trailer in a movie theater, but that stuff means something. That magic that you all do in this silly little acting thing and what happens afterwards and po- like it is it 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 changes society. Well, it, it's the oldest form of entertainment. Not to get too deep, but I was in Africa years and years ago. And after a long day, you know, looking at wildlife, we built this big, huge bonfire. You could hear lions roaring and people were just talking. And I was like, well, this is the original TV. 
It really is that, you know, storytelling. I'm going to tell you about what happened yesterday. Uh, you went to the water hole. Oh, no. And you just start building on it, building on it. And, and that's all we're really doing. I mean, as, a, as an actor, I love being a part of the storytelling. And as a viewer, I love being carried away, taken away by the story that's being presented to me. I want it to be successful. Who wants to go out um, to see a movie or a play and be disappointed? Nobody. I want to be taken away, carried away. It is thrilling. And we become children almost, you know? I love it. Well, I appreciate what you've done throughout. And again, movie after movie after show and performance, you've done some of the greatest moments in front of a camera in history. And I mean that too. And I'm sure that will continue because you just do not stop. <laughs> hey man, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Let's go. I'm ready. My lunch is packed. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. Congratulations on all the success this year as well. I can't wait to see all the stuff next year. Thank you, man. Thanks for talking. It's been fun. And my thanks to David Allen Greer, The Color Purple, Candy Cane Lane, just a couple of the things that you can see him in right now. And thanks, of course, to you for checking out the episode again. Please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. That way you'll hear every interview, three brand new interviews a week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual places, including Spotify, Apple Podcast at uh, nprwfpk.org consequence youtube for the video versions anywhere you get your podcast from you can subscribe to kyle meredith with and then after that head over to wfpk.org it's where i do a show monday through friday starting at 6 p.m eastern you get uh you get favorites from the 70s 80s and 90s lots of 90s you get the best in new music there's uh, bonus interviews lots of music news as well one of my recent shows i feature the music of uh, richie havens tom petty olivia rodrigo pj harvey rem tracy bonham uh thumpasaurus the menzingers green day smashing pumpkins prince tori amos letters to cleo michael c hall's band princess goes we play the counting crows rolling stones Krangbin, Cat Power, Slow Pulp, and I had my interview with Elliot Easton of The Cars. Just an example of what you get when you tune in every weeknight, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also find me on the old social media sites. Uh, the address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Consequence Podcast Network. Yeah, I'm with you. I usually say, hey, it's great to see you. So that way I'm covered because I've had too many experiences. You don't remember 1987 summer stock? I'm like, no, I don't. Oops, sorry. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.